you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. All right, this is Dan with the Around the NFL podcast. Before we get going today, I want to tell you a little bit about FanDuel. Your season-long fantasy football league is winding down, I know, but the one-week fantasy football leagues on FanDuel have never been bigger. Don't wait till next year. Play more fantasy football for real cash this season, Mark. Over at FanDuel.com, Matt Nichols, Matt A. from Ohio, turned a $25 deposit into over twenty-five grand playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and hundreds of others, thousands of other users who have already won money. Uh, this is FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues. The money's real. The money is real, Greg. It's like an investment strategy, essentially. Yeah, and you play each week or whenever you want. So that's that's fun. Go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code AROUND and sign up now. There's a new user special, by the way. FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code AROUND. Don't forget to use the code AROUND. Don't miss out on all the fantasy league, all the fantasy football you can handle. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's uh. FanDuel.com. Sign up today. The Around the NFL podcast. Likes this kind of party. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? The kind of party Wes does not like is our holiday party, which was last Ooh. night. Three of us went. No wrestling. Stunner. Upset of the year, I like to call it. Well, look, events conspired against me, and I chose to spend my night in a different establishment. True or false? <laughs> that, that's even stranger that you went out to a different bar. Mysterious. True or false? The uh, requirement for cocktail attire is what really confused you and stopped you that that went into it look i lived on an island for eight years where <laughs> i the, lived on an island <laughs> where the 
uh, attire for a wedding or funeral was flip-flops and t-shirts. I don't mm. have a section in my closet called cocktail that attire that I can go to on a random Tuesday. How about the fact... And just plug in and get a, like, cocktail whatever. Did Greg scheduling <laughs> you for a... 4 a.m. wake up this morning. Have anything 4 to do with it? 4 a.m. That's an exaggeration. He well, was in he's at Greg, six. He, Greg well, he scheduled me for a 5 a.m. wake up. 6 a.m. start time. Did play well, into it, but this is not kissing up to Greg. But I do not want any part of making the schedule, so I don't complain about the schedule. Mm, I like that. So Wes, we wish you were there. It was a fun time, Mark. Thanks for behaving yourself this year. After last year's shenanigans. Well, I learned right. from previous ups and downs. Yes, and, and, and the office is hurting a little bit. I saw somebody in the huddle actually passed out with their face buried in their hand. Obviously stayed out a little too late, maybe hit a nightcap bar. And, and Who was that? I can't say. Well, we don't need to go down that road. Well, Great. I, I need to know. Great job by all the people who responded to our picture we sent out with TD. Of course, mugging right in the middle. That's where he wants. We got some comments that, TD, that you're a good-looking fella. But especially our follower, Sean Batchelor, who sent in uh, the new Delaware album. <laughs> new <laughs> Stable of Boys. Parental <laughs> advisory because of explicit lyrics. It was a great job. I, like, I retweeted I, it if you guys want to check it out. I appreciate that boys is with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Very well done. Um, you know, so it's fun talking about the party, and we're going to obviously get to everything uh, that we have. A lot of news today, a little Thursday night preview. We're going to have a little guest, Bucky Brooks, the great mm. uh, analyst and former player, is going to come visit, and we're going to talk a little football, a little quarterback. Well, football makes sense. Uh, I, I do want to say I'm a little disappointed. The news came down yesterday that we are not iTunes Best of 2014. We're not? Oh. We did not. We did not get chosen. Well, that that company, that outfit, has obviously gone off the rails. <laughs> that is a high octane outrage. Well, it is an outrage. they only picked ten. In fairness, last year we were in the new category. There's a lot less new. Then there's classics. So that's everyone else. And only one sports podcast made it. It wasn't us. I tell you what, I put us choice. up against fresh air any day. I, I, I I'm a naturally uh, competitive person, so I wanted to see who else, who won, who do we have to go after. It turns out one of the winners was Snooky from Jersey Shore. Uh, naturally, <laughs> oh, Nicole was the name of the podcast, so I had to listen to it, and uh, it did make me quite angry. I don't think you had to listen to it. It, it was for the purposes of the show. No, I, I it, think you could have gotten the gist of it be, without listening to it. It looks like you know there's a mountain of trees growing on my leg. Wait, that sounds a lot like something Mark would say. I kind of like that commentary from her. <laughs> anyway, so we'll, maybe we'll get them next year. It looks like an old, angry Italian woman with her mouth open. Wes, do you still think I shouldn't have listened to the episode? Because I have a lot of gold. It's, that was like the Packers-Falcons game. You could have written that before it happened. <laughs> if All right. that turkey was alive, that turkey would be so high right now. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so yeah, next year. We'll get him next year. Um, let's uh, TD behind the glass again. Uh, listen, TD, he got in front of that camera, and the camera loves him. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Young, hey, young Kobe. Wes, we missed you out there, man. We missed you out there. Well, a you lot of what? feedback. It was I'm fun. I'm just got bad job by Wes. If he went to another bar, bad job. Look, I could go to another bar and wear jeans and a ball cap. I didn't is need that, to get It's that important to you, Look, what you're they, wearing. They priced me out of this party. Well, it you, was free. It wasn't for writers. It was for executives. You went. <laughs> I don't have. Look, Wait, no the, one gave me a uniform allowance for this. You, you, wear, you're wearing <laughs> nice enough clothes every about? time you're on NFL. Now that's plenty good. One comment. No. Everything at the party was free. All these other people free. get paid to like dress up like models, 
And I'm not going to go there with my like mailman clothes. You could have been like Z Drizzle. Not a mailman anymore. You could have been like Z Drizzle, Zach Dressler, our producer. I think he had a long sleeve T-shirt on. He didn't care. So did straight up didn't care. I was like Z Drizzle, but I was doing it at another establishment with my long sleeve T-shirt. We totally buried the lead, though. What? Dan and his hair got a lot of feedback. <laughs> mm, that's you know? true. Well, TD, that's we, we spoke to on. a bartenderess who saw a photo of you and could not stop raving about him. Mm, TD's hot. Let's do some news. <laughs> He's peanut butter and jealous. What is there to be jealous of? They hate us because they ain't us. Is that Dennis Green? That is not Dennis Green. That's James that? Franco and uh, Seth Rogen. You guys need to keep up with your movie trailers, Peanut man. Peanut butter and jelly. Wait, yeah. is that the, the movie, the, interview. the North Korea movie? That yeah, the interview Got movie. Sony hacked? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't stand by that film because I don't want to be hacked. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into some news. And we'll start in Carolina. Scary, scary incident on Tuesday, of course. Cam Newton driving to the team facility. Uh, gets in an accident. His car, his truck, a big monster truck he drives, flips, they say, at least once. He suffers uh, two fractures in, this, in his lower back area. So there were reports. Initially, Ian, Ian Rappaport, our insider, said the team felt it was unlikely he would play. That was said on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it became official. Derek Anderson will start in Week 15 against the Bucks, uh, Derek Anderson, who started one other game this season, week one, also against the Bucks and got the win. So Newton out, we don't know for how long. Anderson in, in a virtual must win for the Panthers. I guess if, the, I mean, if, if Carolina lost this game to a Bucks team that is just a collage of ugliness, if they ever lost, I mean, they, maybe they just shut Cam Newton down for the year. You got nothing to play for. Hmm. It, yeah, that assumes the Saints or the Falcons win this week, too. That's which, a lot to assume, assume lot, which we yeah. shouldn't. But that that's a fair point. I think we were all, you know, in the newsroom when it happened. Yeah, I'm sure the Panthers are just relieved that that's all it was. Mm. I mean, guy flipped over three times. It's it's wow. in, it's insane. It was wild. And one of those things, the way journalism works now, everything is on Twitter. It's happening as it goes along. Every second, there's a new development. Well, it happened outside the Charlotte Observer. You can literally yeah. see the Charlotte Observer building at the crash site. So, yeah, to, to my point that, you know, there was erroneous tweets floating out there that he had broken legs. And then there was a picture. Someone took a picture of him. What they said was smiling. It was probably more like a grimace because he suffered a real injury. So crazy scene. And and Derek Anderson actually played pretty well that one game he played. Right? I was Correct? really impressed. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game. They, they let the Bucks back into it. But he made five or six throws in that game. And they had the offense moving very well in that week one game. I don't see any reason why they can't win with Derek Anderson. And there's actually a scenario where the Saints are eliminated before the Panthers. If Carolina, because they have these division, they have a division game left against Atlanta and they have this one left, they, they can get all the tiebreakers in the NFC South, win that division. They've been running the ball so well with Wes's boy, Jonathan Stewart, of late that I don't think Anderson has to do everything alone. He's always had a strong arm. Here's what happens, though. If they ever win this thing, it's going to be Derek Anderson – Versus Cleveland, of all teams, in Week 16, what could be elimination Potential game weirdness. for both teams. Very uh. weird. <laughs> My favorite part of this story? Yeah. Cam Newton's license plate preens as much as he does. Oh, don't, not the time <laughs> to, to take to shots that, at him. That road it says, again, you too small. <laughs> We're very happy that he is very, okay. Very interesting that he was driving a 1998 <laughs> Dodge monster truck essentially dodge ram that used to be my car but i mean it was like souped up and nine miles it was not huge souped up. it was 
something it's else. It's not souped up like your big Irish car is now. That thing's about to hit the junkyard. 93 Toyota Camry. <laughs> Chris is driving around with broken glass in his backseat. <laughs> uh, spe- that was so sarcastic. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, Mike, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, Mike Patton, he's excited to see Johnny Manziel play. This is news that came down right at the same time, just about as the Cam Newton accident. Manziel was officially announced as a starter, sending Brian Hoyer to the bench and Sending Chris Wessling into cartwheels at Casa del Wessling. Well, kind of. I mean, I like watching exciting players. Exactly. So now Manziel is the quarterback. He will start in a huge, huge game for the Browns this week. And Petten had this to say on Wednesday, I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't excited to see him play. And you know what? That's what I'm talking about. To your point, we're all excited to see him play. I believe it's a week too late, but that's in the past now. And now he's in, and it's his chance to save the season, Mark Sessler. I mean, I think for any football fan, it's kind of a little late-season, gift-wrapped bit of pleasure because, you know, this whole crop of rookie quarterbacks, they've been interesting to some degree, but I'd say they've been an underwhelming group on the whole because all along, this is the guy we thought we'd see earlier in the year. And here he is, and they've got a chance to do something for that team. They haven't been to the playoffs in over a decade. You know, it's it's a very slight chance because it's not an easy schedule necessarily, but three games left. Manziel... It's awesome. You got no tape on the guy. You don't know what he's going to do. I don't think even Petten said he had to take Kyle Shanahan, went into a room for hours just by himself to figure out what to do with Manziel this week. So, it, you know, this is a game of the week potential. It's a little gift for everyone except for Scrooge McGroup, think, over here. What? I wasn't excited. Ooh, I wasn't wow. that excited because he came in in a 20-3 to game when there's five other great games going on. <laughs> of course I'm excited to go, go see him play. Why not? I mean, Brian oh, Hoyt, okay. there's only so many times you can see a ball sail 15 yards over a receiver's head. Well, endless times with Hoyer, but not anymore. <laughs> I, the saddest moment was on Wednesday when Brian Hoyer met with the media, and it's just the saddest quote. I don't want a, anybody to feel sorry for me. I got to live out a childhood dream, and it's not over. There's still a chance I could play for this. It just... I don't know. There was just something about it that this was his dream his whole life, and it's like he's realizing it didn't happen. Well, and Petten, I mean, and I think that for my take, Petten, maybe they should have put him in a week ago, Manziel, but he's done a nice job managing this all year, and he said it was one of the hardest things he's had to do professionally to tell Hoyer that his season was potentially over. On Sunday, there will be a chill in the air. They took his team. Viciously below average. They stole his innocence. Childlike, but not to suggest innocence or purity. They made a football life about his misery. Control-alt-delete. And opened a factory of sadness that never closed. Now, the climate is ripe for revenge. This winter, there's a hurricane coming for anyone who looks in this direction on a Sunday. It'll be an apocalyptic sunset. (laughs) Mark Sessler is Quiet Storm. This show cannot end fast enough, and I have a sharply worded letter to hand to you, my friend. Looking forward to it. Apparently not good enough for iTunes, though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) By the way, Snooky, uh, you got anything like that? Where's your production value, Snooks? Don't look like a freak. (laughs) Whatever, lady. Uh, Moving on, the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton is shaking things up with the team Coming off, uh, really, we talked about one of the low points of the Peyton era. Uh, and the big, big move that stood out, Kenny Vaccaro benched, uh, of course, the first-round pick of a year ago, is having a, a not a great season. So I guess Vaccaro is being – the message is being sent to the Saints, shape up or sit on the bench. 
spent the offseason saying that with Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. Kenny Vaccaro and Raphael Bush, the Saints' threesome at safety, could match up even with the Seahawks. And wow. here they are with the season on the line. None of the three is going to play on Sunday. Well, not only that, Kenny Vaccaro is number two on our making the leap oh, list it's... before the year. Corderell Patterson right now has been benched for Charles Johnson. Kenny Vaccaro, I think, was benched for some plumber in New Orleans <laughs> they found him play this week. Our number three was Andre Ellington, which wasn't terrible, but well, he just got put, on, he got put on injured reserve before this week. It's been a bad week. IR, he was averaging three and a half yards a carry. And then it spills into Toby Gearhart. Now, then number four, Le'Veon Bell and Jamie Collins, four and five. I like those well, two. Well, last Paper year we had Ellington. Bruce Carter, number this? two, and Ryan Tannehill, number one. This series is over. <laughs> the, the, the We're seri- not, I'm not going to use all of next June writing 7,000-word love letters <laughs> to Toby Gearhart's brother who's going to sign up with the Arizona Cardinals. Forget it. Wow. <laughs> Sessler sticks a fork in the Making the Lip series. Not sure I'm going to well, go. We segment on segment crime. I'm not sure we're going to go <laughs> along with that. The, the more interesting thing in this, in this Saints story, Sean Payton called 10 different Saints into his office for review, like it was the principal's office, and they released Joseph Morgan. It just... I've never heard of such a thing. Like on an off day, like he's calling people in to chew them out. It's just that's the most. Well, maybe he's strange... trying to send a message above if anyone's listening. Like I still care. I'm still here no doing something. No one cares. Are you taking no any listening. notes from this approach, Greg? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. No. My my biggest note is they lose three straight here or something like that to end the season. I don't know. We could have some ugliness in the off season in, in New Orleans that involves Peyton. That's mm. all I'm saying. All right, moving on. Jadavian Clowney has played his final snap of the season, and the news is not good on the knee. He underwent microfracture knee surgery this week, uh, which is obviously a very serious procedure. He's expected to miss nine months, uh, the, the recovery. They're hoping for a full recovery, but obviously for a player that entered the league with as much hype as anyone in the last few years, this is a really devastating setback both for the player and the Texans. I think my biggest takeaway is it's hard to judge him, but we know, I mean, pretty much for a fact, if he had a concussion, sports hernia surgery, and major microfracture knee surgery a year ago, he's definitely not going number one overall in the draft. He's not going in the top ten. I mean, not with microfracture surgery. There's not a long list. I don't know if there's any list of guys that really recover that well from microfracture surgery. It depends on the variety of microfracture. Sure. But Deuce McAllister did. Travis I, Kelsey is coming off microfracture, mm. but that's a, there are minor and major versions of mm. microfracture. The Texans did. I think the Clowney, it seems sometimes there's a knock on him. Maybe he's not an all-in type football player like some, but Bill O'Brien went out of his way to say this guy was here every day, worked tirelessly to come back. I mean, it's, it, they're not all the same injury. It was a variety of injuries. No, it's bad luck. It's bad luck, yeah. That would be sad, though, if he's played his best football before he ever really got to the NFL, because they were talking about him like he was an LT-type talent. Uh, We all remember the famous tackle in the backfield he had uh, in his junior year. Uh, So you only hope that he gets all the way back. And, Wes, to your point, with microfracture surgery, Jake Ballard, wasn't he another microfracture His was of the very serious variety. Yeah. Well, and just to this year, imagine if they had him all year and that he was a contender for defensive rookie of the year. This mm. is a team we never talk about, but they're 7 and 6 and they they'd be they're right in the mix. They could be a lot better. Marvin Lewis has apologized twice for making an insensitive remark uh toward 
Johnny Manziel or in Manziel's direction. He called on, on a radio interview in Cincinnati. Uh, he was asked if they were worried about defending a, a, a player. He said, well, we're not worried about defending a midget was the term he used. So he, he issued a quick apology to Manziel and the Browns and then offered up a statement uh, which was uh, he read up on the issue on the Little People of America website. So not not a great couple of days for Marvin Lewis, who opened his mouth at the wrong time and said the wrong thing. I think if you're Mike Pettin, you're very excited that the opposing coach has had you know a lot of team uh, mandated apology letters, a public issue, and you got to spend a day on a Little People of America's website when you should be game planning for the Browns. You love it, don't you, Mark? Well, I think I think it's it's Marvin Lewis occasionally says stupid things. We know that, but really, he, he would have been like one of the well, last guys I would have remember exactly. to say stupid things. Concussion comments earlier this year. Yeah, he's mm, been, he's a had point. a few moments, but this All was right. this was an odd one. I mean, it was like did did someone you know drug his drink or something? I don't know what happened to this did guy. Did you hear Manziel's response today? Yes, I did. Why don't you tell our listeners? <laughs> Mark didn't. Go ahead. No, I did. <laughs> he said it's not like I'm going to sprout five inches before the game on Sunday. Yeah. He's a good sport about it. He's not exactly a little person either. He's almost six feet tall. He's right. just a shade it, under six feet. If he's short, he'd be the tallest guy in this room. I mean, he'd just narrowly beat out Dan yeah, here, be. but he'd be towering over me. He'd certainly uh, push uh, Mark and Wes around. Well, Wes might be able to put up a little bit of a fight. Mark. Oh, or, just Wes. Mark's not pushing me around. Do you have any uh, apology you want to issue right now? <laughs> oh, we don't have time for that. Okay. Just want to throw it out there. Maybe for your support of Brian Hoyer last week. No, I don't apologize for that, Greg. <laughs> All right. Uh, and that's what's happening. Now we welcome into the studio. He is a great man. He's talented scout, former NFL player. He's a, an analyst for NFL Network, NFL Media, NFL Now, NFL.com. He does it all. Man, did we get, did we get all the entities? He is oh, good yeah. all right. And he also has a laugh similar to iconic rap knew, star Jay Z. He is <laughs> your boy, Bucky Brooks. It's <laughs> <laughs> your boy. Bucky loves it. <laughs> we haven't had Bucky on in too long. No, it's been no, too it's long. Been, been, been Welcome back, months. Bucky. What, what's been going on in your life? Not too much, man. Just football, football, football. Not, yeah. no same, pers- same deal. Nothing personal going nah. out. We never really delve into the man behind the Bucky. Nah, not too much. Just take it out. <laughs> He's an enigma. Um, we saw this is how this happened, and this is how things come together quickly at the NFL right. uh, Network campus, if you will. We were in the huddle, which is the office commissary, and we saw Bucky there. We just started talking ball, a couple right. of football heads, and we ended up talking about a little Manziel and Drew Stan. So we said, why don't we get Bucky in here? We asked him. Bucky was kind enough to join us. So why don't we start with Johnny Manziel? We were just talking about him in the news uh, during the news portion of the podcast. The right move, in your opinion, to move to Manziel right now? Long overdue. Yeah, should have happened in the preseason. That's wow, a hand, that's a hand that is one of the oh, upsets. Wait, that's of, a it is one of the quiet upsets of the year that Hoyer kept the job until uh, week fifteen. We would have never you, guessed. You had some football pants? Uh, softball pants. I haven't eaten them yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. They have to be made into goulash, or else I'll die. <laughs> yeah. uh, the plan now is because uh, uh, no. we got a ton of tweets. By the way, Super Bowl Sunday, Wes will be eating his softball pants wow. potentially. Uh, go ahead, Bucky. No, I, I thought the move was well overdue. I, I believe that if you have a veteran and a young player competing for a position, if it's close, it goes to the young guy. Because if the veteran can't supplant him, can't like clearly beat him in the preseason, I just felt like you should have gone with Johnny Menzel from the beginning and then time to build around what he could do. So by this point in the season, he could be doing maybe some of the same things that Teddy Bridgewater is doing in Minnesota. Mm. Like I'm not saying that a young quarterback can carry it all on his shoulders, but – 
you can start building things around what he can do while also kind of put him in a situation where he can learn how to do some of the things that you eventually want to get to. You hear anything about Johnny Manziel behind the scenes since he's been to Cleveland? You know, I, Practice I know you, and whatnot? No, I mean, I think the big thing is he's tried to keep a, a lower profile than he had, like, obviously in the offseason in the summer. Uh, I think the thing that people that I know that know him will say, like, he's never been, like, what they call, like, the, the A-plus student necessarily in the classroom where he does everything and digs into it, but he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. A lot of the improvisational stuff that you see on the field, some of that is calculated. Like, he is kind of, like, crafty like a fox. Like, mm. he understands some of the stuff that's going on. Now, the big thing for him going forward is, can he play within the confines of the offense enough that Kyle Shanahan can build a game plan for him to be effective? The tough thing with guys who like to run around and like to kind of flee the pocket is it's hard to stay on schedule when a guy doesn't fully exhaust the play. And so can he be disciplined enough to at least get through the first two reads of his progression before he looks to flee the pocket? That would be important. Well, we know – Kyle Shanahan can build an offense around his talents because he did it with RG3. Mm-hmm. But that's the question. Can he develop him into a long-term NFL starter? You know, I think you know, just the little glimpse that we saw from Buffalo, I think kind of shed light on what he can be in the National Football League. You saw them kind of float from some of the regular bootleg movement-based pass and stuff, some shotgun, did a couple different things to put him on the move. I'm not a big believer that, like, hey, he didn't run a lot of – zone read and read option when he was at Texas A&M. A lot of the runs that he had at Texas A&M were quarterback design runs, quarterback draws, quarterback sweeps, things that he did on his own. When he runs, he typically runs because it's it's out of necess- it's, it's out of necessity out of the pocket because the co- the pocket collapses and he breaks. I think for him because I know a lot of people worry about quarterbacks that leave the pocket taking hits. Well, in his history at in the SEC he never really took a lot of solid shots unless his competitiveness gets uh, the best of him. Like when guys talk and chirp at him, he has a tendency mm. to want to engage because that's how he's built. That's going to be and a so, bad idea. And so, and so the big thing for him in the SEC when he would take shots, like guys would start chirping, so he would try to run them over and do stuff. I think he's smart enough to understand. He's got a little Brett Favre in him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's a super competitive dude. So you're and saying so, Ray Maluga – and Adam Jones this week, they might want to just get in his ear. And well, they're going to talk. Like, I'm sure they're going to talk to him. There's going to be a lot of conversation about that. We saw it in the preseason when it was the oh, yeah. Redskins. They talked Redskins, to him, yeah. and he flipped them off. I think the big <laughs> thing the big thing for him is kind of keeping everything under control within the Florida game and just do the deal because I think he can give them some of those off-schedule plays that they needed. That offense needs something to kind of take it over the top, and I think Johnny Menzel's Skills can do that. Wanted to touch on Drew Stanton, another quarterback like Brian Hoyer, who who ascended to a starting role um, and then kind of has faded a little bit. You you had an interesting theory you were sharing with us yesterday about some of these guys that come up and initially do well and then they start to falter. Yeah, with with, with backup quarterbacks, I believe there's a huge difference between a starter and a backup. A backup guy, and even in scouting terms, we're talking about. Who can we have that can get us out of a game or two that can play for a couple games and then we can get our starter back in? It's hard to find the backup that can be a viable long-term solution at the position. And the difference between starters in our league at the quarterback position is they have the ability to constantly adapt and readjust. In the National Football League, defenses quickly find out 
what you do well, and they try to put you in a situation where you have to play to your weakness. So when you see a Drew Stanton and when you see a Mark Sanchez and when you see these guys play and they have success for two or three weeks and then they start struggling after that, it's because now their film has circulated around the league. You have a better feel for how the play caller is going to maximize what they do, and then you eventually build a defensive package that takes that away, and then you challenge that quarterback to find another way to beat you. Like I was talking to William McGinnis. We were talking about defensive football, and we were talking about Aaron Rodgers using him as the example from that Patriots game. Well, early in that game, you saw the Patriots said, we're going to take away Jordy Nelson, and we're going to take away Rundle Cobb. What is your answer? Then he started going, Devontae Adams. Okay, so now we'll switch. In the middle of the game, we'll take those guys away. What would be your alternative? We'll run it with Eddie Lacy. Can you find enough pitches in your arsenal Mm. to find a way to get it. That's what defensive coordinators do. They try to test to see if you're willing to be patient to take the other alternatives. I mean, one thing, Bucky, we talked about also yesterday that in the old days, I mean, going back in the 80s, 70s, quarterbacks would have four or five years worth of starts to get their sea legs, and really then you start to judge them. Now they're judged so quickly that we're ready to throw the towel in on Drew Stanton and other guys. Is it really enough? They, people are adjusting to their tape, but also what about their careers in terms of getting a real chance? Well, that's, that's the funny thing. Like When you think about Drew Brees and even Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers, early in their careers, they didn't have that, the level of success that people expect from young guys right, right away. There used to be a time where you take a quarterback early, you stash him for a year or two, then you allow him – to play. Even think about Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer was the number one overall pick, but his rookie year, he didn't play. Now, they let John Kitten go the next year, and he took over, but there used to be a, a period where you could fully develop guys on the practice field. Steve McNair was two years, wasn't he? I mean, John- yeah, it might have been, been two years for Steve McNair. It took a while for those guys to go. And also, the CBA has changed where in the offseason with the young quarterbacks, you could develop them through the quarterback school, summer camps, and those things. They mm-hmm. cut the number of days down to where you have 10. That's not nearly enough time to get guys enough reps to see what they can do and how they can develop. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, I'm a Jets fan. I am in a tough situation right now because <laughs> I find myself wanting them to go 2-14 and 14 because the one thing I want this season not to go totally in vain and get a quarterback out of this draft. So I tweeted out. Uh, he's giving up. He's rooting against up. them, and now he's just looking up box scores at college players. I sent out a tweet. Uh, to my followers, Marcus Mariota stats this season, 38 touchdowns, two picks, 669 rushing yards, 14 TDs, and said, this is the guy we need. Somebody fired back that Geno Smith threw 45 touchdowns with West Virginia in his last year. So I ask you, as the man, the scout guy, Marcus Mariota, is this guy a top-level quarterback at the next level? No. I mean, I don't think – No! I don't think, no, I don't think <laughs> – So who does he shoot should he want? No, I think, I think here, here's the thing, and I think when people dig into it, and, and part of it – I took some of this from the piece that you put up about the depth of the running quarterback, which was really good. And he, you put uh, a link in to a piece from the San Francisco Chronicle where Steve Young talked about the maturation process of being a quarterback and evolving from a running quarterback to a championship caliber quarterback. People need to check that out. But anyway, with Marcus Mariota, much like Colin Kaepernick and RG3, these guys played in a system, a read option system where – typically they would read one, maybe two, then they take off. Mm. So with Marcus Mariota, his biggest transition will be going to a pro-style offense where you ask him to read the entire field, meaning you work from left all the way to the right. 
which some of the things in the West Coast mm-hmm. offense requires you to do. When you're a player that plays with so much play action and you're putting the ball in the belly and you're identifying one defender to read, if he comes towards the field, you take the slant. If he drops off, you hand it to the back or you keep it. It's hard for those guys to now make a quick transition to doing some of the things that you would do where you have a high, a low, a check down. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask a young quarterback. So for Marcus Mariota, people will have to dig into his tape and see, can he do those concepts that you want him to do on the pro level? And then also, I believe that people have to look at how comfortable is he under duress in the pocket. He is much different than Jameis Winston in terms of playing the game. And I understand, like, if Jameis comes out, there are concerns about his character. But just from a football standpoint, Jameis Winston looks more like the quarterbacks that we're used to seeing on Sundays than Marcus Mariota, which is why he'll be more comfortable to deal with for some offensive coordinators or whatever, which is why you hear the name Connor Cook from Michigan State. Hmm. Connor Cook from Michigan State has buzz about him because he plays in a pro-style system at Michigan State. When you look at the tape, what he's asked to do is what most pro quarterbacks are asked to do. So from an evaluation standpoint, it's easy to see how a guy like that can fit into an offense. It's much like Zach Mettenberger. Right. Why would people get excited about – why would Cam Wisenhunt get excited about Zach Member? Well, because at LSU, he played under Cam Cameron, ran a pro-style system. The verbiage is the same. This is the same. So you can start more advanced with that guy as opposed to having to be in a remedial offense with someone who doesn't have that familiarity. So the subtext here, if I'm hearing you right, Bucky, is that Dan's Jets are doomed. <laughs> Connor Cook, <laughs> away we go. Connor Cook. Bob, Bob McGinn in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel interviewed a bunch of scouts, and they said coaches in the NFL will love Connor Cook. Yeah, they'll love Connor Cook because they're safe. My thing with offensive coordinators, um, they're always comfortable with what they're comfortable with. Like, they want – understand it. Like, defensive-minded head coaches are more apt to go with a quarterback that runs and flees the pocket. If you look at the history of the league, most of the guys that were run-around guys play for defensive-minded guys because they're okay with a guy playing off script because they're not as tied to, this is my system, That's a good point. run my system. Offensive coordinators, in the end, remember, all offensive coordinators want to be head coaches. Well, the way that you become a head coach is the owner sitting at the box is like, wow, that guy called a great game. Where if it runs off script, you don't get the credit. Mm. Whereas That's if you're a, a defensive point, guy, yeah. you don't really care what they do. You just want enough plays to do it. And also from a defensive standpoint, the one thing that drives you crazy as a defensive coordinator is making the right call and then the guy runs away and, and gets out the blitz. And so that's why they like those guys, which is why Mike Pettin is you'll, like, you'll oh, I'm excited Rex Ryan to see. talk about that. Yeah. yeah, he's excited to see a Johnny Menzel play and, and, and those things. So it makes it tough for offensive guys because it's tough for them to live with a guy that doesn't use all the pieces that are available in the mm-hmm. route. Hey, hey, Bucky, would you like to hang around while we preview the Thursday night football game? Let's do it. Oh, fun. Real quick, I'm glad you enjoyed that Steve Young piece from the San Francisco Chronicle. I thought it was the most enlightening thing I read about football all year. I, I, I thought it was one of those things that it should be a must-read for all young quarterbacks to just talk about how he was challenged. And he's another one. Like, if you look at the early part of his career, he's just like he all these other guys. Mm, yeah. Colin Kaepernick and RG3, like – he struggled down in Tampa and those things, and it took him a while sitting behind um, Joe Montana, having Bill Walsh, and he's talked about Mike Holmgren kind of being his ear about Shanahan. this is how you play the position. You can't 
just flee. And so I think with the young quarterbacks, unfortunately, we don't have the time. Coaches are no longer given those five-year plans. No, they're not. That's with the true. advent of social media and all the talking heads and all of us chiming in, it's hard for fans to stay with that. But, yeah, it would be interesting to see how these young quarterbacks do. Let's see, Dan, I, I will chop your head off with a knife. <laughs> wow. I largely blame, Dan, your presence in the media for the demise of many young passers because it's just Feels there's too many of us unfair. and you're you might be the extra person <laughs> the extra person it's a weird it's a weird uh, point you made there one but, more uh, so by the way greg had to take off breaking news calls not even sure what it was but he's downstairs now bucky's kind enough to sit in for the rest of the podcast so let's talk about a little thursday night football and this is an interesting game this will be a tough one in our picks bucky in our picks the four of us are three of us i should say are in a within one game Four of us are within one game. Wes has fallen out of the race this year. So this this every game counts now, and whoever wins the picks title, listen, that is something you cannot – there's no money value on that. No, just you know bragging I mean? rights. Just bragging rights. Yeah, there the really is no show, money on it. So. I went 13-3 and three last week. You did, and that was very good. We all you can build momentum for next year. That's right. <laughs> we build um, momentum for next I'm year. I'm like the Raiders. So this game, this, initial, this will be a tough game to pick. The Arizona Cardinals – you know, they got back in the winning side of things uh, this past week. A nice performance, another comeback win to get to 10 wins. Uh, but they head to St. Louis, and we've been saying it, or at least I've been saying it, that this was the best 5-7 and seven team in football. Now they're the best 6-7 and seven team in football. They're coming up back-to-back shutouts. We know Drew Stanton is not playing particularly well at this stage. This seems like a recipe for a low-scoring game, right? Well, I mean, I think so. I think I think this is a defensive struggle. I think this is a game where we're seeing the Rams' defense kind of play like everyone expected under Greg Williams. He now understands the, the talent and the pieces that he has at his disposal. The trade for Mark Barron was huge for them. Mm. So now they can use some of their big nickel packages. They can be a little more creative. But now he understands. Drew Stanton will see every blitz in the book because he believes that if you kill the head of the snake, the rest of it will fall apart. He's going to come after him. He's going to put a lot of pressure on him, and they're going to make sure that they take care of the back-to-back. Kern Williams had 100 yards last week. Yeah. They'll make sure that he's a non-factor. They're going to try and put this this game on Drew Stanton's arm, and they don't think that he can get it done. And that running game, I mean, outside of that Kerwin Williams you know, performance, that, that's been one of the second or third worst run games in the league, and I think that hurts – any quarterback trying to just figure it out when you can't even d- lean on that ground game at all. Yeah, because they're different than most teams because their running back, even Andre Ellington, is more of a scat back type. Yeah. If you look at the top teams, the top offensive teams that are playing there, with the exception of the Colts, the quarterbacks that are thriving, they have a big physical running back that can do it, or a dominant guy like a Shady McCoy or Jamal Charles. Yeah. Without that presence, the ability to hand the ball to the running back 20 to 25 times, it's harder for the quarterback to have these open windows off play action. I believe with the Arizona Cardinals, part of the reason they're struggling offensively is because they have a backup quarterback and they don't have the physical running game that you need to really cover them up. We were talking on Sunday's show about how it felt like the Rams were perhaps one, and it's a big piece, but one quarterback away from being a, a NFC contender, a big shot uh, Super Bowl type contender. Do you think they're that close, or they just need the quarterback and everything else can fall into place? Well, I mean, they need good quarterback play, and they have to, to figure out is the quarterback in the draft or is the quarterback trying to lean on Sam Bradford again? Like that'd be the big decision because it's still hard to envision a young quarterback coming in and leading a team to a Super Bowl. I think the big thing is making sure you figure out what you have. You still would like to maximize Tavon Austin because you committed a lot to him. Mm-hmm. He's made some plays here or there, but can you find a way to get him the ball more? Sean Hill has come in, and when he's been right and healthy, like 
He's a good decision maker. He can manage it. And understand, from a defensive-minded coach and Jeff Fisher, he doesn't necessarily need the quarterback to kind of drive the bus and do all the bells and whistles. Don't turn it over. Make enough plays for us to get close and then allow that defense to create short field so they can punch it in. One thing with the Rams, I know last time Bucky was in here over the summer, we went to town on Brian Schottenheimer just for mm-hmm. – I, I find that he stifles attacks a lot. But I feel in the last month or two – personal. It's not personal. I love his dad, number one. But, like, I, I, you know, listen, I, I feel like he's gotten more creative. He's using his young talent a little bit better over the last month or two. Yeah, I think they're playing much better on, on offense. I think the big addition has been Trey Mason. Trey Mason is a guy that is a little more dynamic than Zach Stacy was and some of those other guys. He, he's beginning to carry the, the workload. We're beginning to see him chew up clock and get, have these 100-yard performances. That makes it easy for the rest of the guys to get involved. Kenny Britt was another big pickup hmm. because – He's a big receiver. He's a guy that was on the cusp of being maybe a guy that you consider a Pro Bowl receiver when he was at Tennessee prior to his injury. So you got a big guy in him. You have Tavon Austin. You have Stedman Bailey. You have Chris Givens. You have enough little pieces to make it happen. And Jerry Cook also gives them stuff. If they're just efficient on offense, that defense is good enough to get them there. And they're built to play the right way. They're built to play kind of like that big boy football that you have to play in January. And because of that, that's why they're being really, really tough and physical and effective with these teams on the stretch. Who's your pick in this game? Oh, I'm going to take St. Louis. And the reason I'm going to take St. Louis, they're playing at home. The defense is really brimming with confidence. And Robert Quinn and this crew up front, they are coming after the quarterback. And I just know Bruce Arians, he refuses to choke it down. He's going to release five in the route. He's going to throw it. And I mm. just think that at some point, Drew Stanton have a mistake. Wes? I'm picking the Rams. Uh, you mentioned Trey Mason's more dynamic. Pro Football Focus has a stat called breakaway rate. Trey Mason leads the NFL in breakaway rate, long runs. Mm. And when I was researching the Seahawks' defense, their dominance, they've given up one play over 20 yards the last two weeks. The Rams have given up zero plays over 20 yards the last two weeks. The Rams' defense is the best unit in this game. Mark? I'm going with a tie. <laughs> I see a lot of a lot of factors here. This is going to be even. Fun game to watch, 7-7. It will be amazing if you do win our picks uh, because you are <laughs> with a tie. such an outside you're, – you're a guy that thinks outside the box. If you win on a tie – I don't think you can predict a, a tie on our NFL.com <laughs> picks. It doesn't thing. allow for that. You're an iconoclast. I say it all the time. You've changed all the rules, and you're rewriting them. Uh, Bucky Brooks, thank you so much for joining us, coming in, really replacing Greg seamlessly. I don't know if we want Greg back because <laughs> Bucky Greg just, is our boss, but he's on his heels right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. The, the only problem is, and I was, it was actually we have our internal monitors down in the newsroom. I actually got to watch the College Football 24-7 podcast oh, yeah. with How Bucky about that? and Matt Money Smith. No no hair product in Money Smith's hair, which no. is always fun. It's always different. Uh, and it's you guys do, obviously, a great job. So download that. you got to listen to that show. So we might try to poach you, and maybe Money and Greg can form a podcast. How about I that? Th- you just Kenny Vaccaro, Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> How about that? Send him down. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this, or I will be getting, as Mark says, a sharply worded letter. Um, all right, so we will be back. Uh, tomorrow with another podcast. We'll go over the Thursday night game and we'll look ahead to all the Sunday games. Bucky, thank you again for joining us. You can ke- get all his stuff where on on your Twitter feed is... At Bucky Brooks. Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> Shoot boy! Uh, uh, so thank you for listening. We will be back Thursday. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Bucky Brooks, the mailman, the sizzler, TD behind the glass, and the boss in absentia. Till Thursday. That was so sarcastic.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 